Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Working with Others. We're going to be on page 90, paragraph number four. The paragraph begins with, if he does not want to see you. We're going to read one paragraph only. Today's readers, we have Team Wednesday. 12 Steps is Davlin E. 12 Traditions is Allison C. Our readers of the text are Dara L., Nancy C., and Marge O. Our newcomer greeter will be Chris G., and the second hour moderator is Leah S. The reference numbers for yesterday's meeting, Tuesday, October 12, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 17,906, 17906. And then the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 17,907. That's 17907. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Davlin E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. My name is Davlin E. and I am a compulsive overeater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. All right, I will now ask Allison C. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Allison C., uh, compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on the outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Devil and Ian, Allison, C. for your service. This is how the meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we're resuming our study of the chapter, Working with Others in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're gonna be on page 90. We're on the fourth paragraph down at the bottom and it begins with, if he does not want to see you. I'll ask Dara L to begin reading. Go ahead, Dara. Hi, great. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. If he does not want to see you, never force yourself upon him. Neither should the family hysterically plead with him to do anything, nor should they tell him much about you. They should wait for the end of his next drinking bout. 
you might place this book where he can see it in the interval. Here, no specific rule can be given. The family must decide these things, but urge them not to be over-anxious, for that might spoil matters. Um, so I want to share about an, a couple experiences that I have that remind me of this paragraph. Um, I One morning, on the morning of my mom's birthday, I remember I had been in um, I was about to go into my 18th different inpatient treatment facility. I've been saying it's 16, but my mom reminded me this week uh, that it's more. I was a very low-bottom bulimic. And I called her on the morning of her birthday, and I had like a week between treatment facilities, and I had relapsed in that week. And I, and I called her, and I said, Mom, I need you to drive down um, to Philadelphia. She was living in Connecticut, and I need you to take me to treatment. And, you know, I'm five minutes away, but I can't get there um, on my own. And I said, you know, if you, and she's like, wait a minute, you want me to drive two and a half hours to drive you five minutes, but you have a car, you could get there. And I'm like, Ma, I can't, I can't bring myself to get into treatment. I need you to come. I need you to rescue me. And she was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I said, you know, if you, if you don't come, I'm going to kill myself. And she said, well, do what you got to do. And she hung up on me. And then, you know, I got to that treatment facility. I, I got myself there and the, um, the therapists there were like, you know, you've got to get your mom to commit to a year's worth of therapy. And I called my mom and I said, you know, I need you to commit to a year's worth of therapy. And she said, no. She said, you know, as long as you make this problem about me, you're never going to get better. And so you need to do what you need to do. Um, and I have since thanked her profusely for saving my life. You know, this was a woman who had been with me in the trenches. She had tried everything she could, you know, as a family member. And I really believe that, you know, if you are on this line, if I have made it into these rooms, I'm on this line and I have a recovered guide, you know, big book guide, my family has done everything they need to do for me and for my recovery, right? Like the big book is talking about, how do people get there? Like, how do they get to that space of connecting with a recovered person who is going to support them in finding a relationship with God um, that enables them to be sober and sane? And um, so, you know, I think for me, like this paragraph is all about personal responsibility um, and about how the addict like actually does have agency, you know, like, yes, I am powerless over my compulsion. I am powerless over the things that drive me to the food, you know, my mind, my body, um, the sickness that lives inside of me. But I'm the only one that can do the work um, to connect to God who's going to save me. And my family can't save me and a sponsor can't save me. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what this paragraph says to me. And I, and I offer that, you know, for anyone who might do what I did and misread this and be looking at like, oh, well, what's my family supposed to, you know, what's the perfect equation for my family? Um, and I'm reminded, too, of the place in the big book where it says job or no job, wife or no wife, like whatever the circumstances, um, we can recover. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Dara. All right, so we value everyone's experience and we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So who would like to share on the paragraph that was read today? Katie G. Nancy from R. Boston. Nancy C. Nancy. Judy. Donna G. Donna. I miss anybody in there? I have Katie G, 
Nancy C, Judy K, and Donna G. Great, we'll go ahead and start with that lineup. Katie G, go right ahead. Hey, Jen, good morning. Thanks for taking the meeting. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. So step 12, right? Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. So I'm not sponsoring until I've had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, right? I try to carry this message. And I think it's really important for me to remember that it's about trying and it's not about outcome. So um, I have an ego and my ego can get invested in my recovery. So I think, oh, well, if I have 12 sponsees, then I'm better than you. If I have 15 sponsees, it's even better. Like, and forgetting that I'm actually just trying. I'm trying to carry this message. And what is the message that I'm an anorexic, bulimic, compulsive eater? And today, as the result of these steps, I don't suffer from that as long as I continue in my work. Um, I think it's really important. I've learned how not to force my recovery on people. You know, I simply present um, when it's appropriate. This is what I do. And I also say I'm not here to fight your disease. I can't fight my own. The other thing that is important for me to remember is not everybody is a compulsive eater. And unlike the diagnosis of diabetes where a doctor says to you, you have diabetes, the only person that can decide if they're a compulsive eater and if they need this program is them. And I think it's important for me to remember like just <clears throat> that, that the symptom of this disease is obesity or underweight, but that doesn't mean that they're one of us. Somebody could be a moderate eater or a hard eater, and they're allowed to have their seat in this program, or perhaps they don't have an allergy, which if somebody tried to sponsor me who doesn't have an allergy, that would never work. So I cannot force my program, and it's not even my program, the program that's designed to get me a relationship with God, right, these 12 steps onto anybody else, because I may spoil matters. I may spoil the person's opinion of Overeaters Anonymous. I may spoil that person's opportunity to later come into the program. I don't know, but it is not my job. And, um, you know, I think it's really important to remember that and to um, just empower people because I don't learn when people lecture me and moralize and tell me what to do. I learn when people say yes, me too. And um, what I've learned as a sponsor is that the more I can meet the sponsee where they are, the better. However, having said that, you know, I need a sponsor that I'm not negotiating with. Um, one of our fellows says she didn't get recovery until she went from yeah, but to yes, ma'am. So if I have a sponsor and I'm challenging everything that she's saying, why am I working with her? I, I can't sponsor myself. I, I am crushed by this disease and I need a power greater than me and all of you to get to God. With that, I pass. Perfect timing. Thanks, Katie. Nancy C., you're up, followed by Judy K. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Nancy C., recovered in Ann Arbor, Michigan, just for today. Great meeting and great energy to start off, Jen. Thank you so much. There was a lot of energy that got me really excited about this meeting today. And, you know, over the last couple of days, um, I've been hearing people talk about carrying the message and talking about their own experiences of how God plucked each of us out of, you know, our face in food and, and brought us to this spiritual awakening and program of recovery. 
And I think I need to have that to be able to carry this message, or I do need to have it. And I have to always be on guard and be ready. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And the never force yourself on anyone, I think, is really important to me because I know, like it says in the doctor's opinion, you know, frothy emotional appeal. That's what my family members did. That's what um, my wife did to me. You know, they kind of push you. Why are you eating that? Or give you that little look that would make me just ugh, get so mad that I'd eat in spite of them and then stick something in my pocket to eat it later because they just made me, you know, why are you poking fun at how I was eating? Um, so the family, you know, needs to step aside or, you know, they do what they want. So I need to be at the ready when somebody really wants to see the attraction that I have. And the only way that I'm attractive to anybody is by working the steps, you know, and having a spiritual experience. And now I have a message of depth and weight that I'm not frothy emotional appeal anymore. When they talk to me, I really have something to offer because I have my own experience and my own message. And I need to stay in fit, fit spiritual condition every day to be able to do that. And, you know, every day we end our meeting with the vision statement that says, ask in our morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. So God asked me in step 12 to always be ready. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and I'm God's teacher for that person if I'm the right one that he selected. And with that, I pass. Thanks for taking the meeting, Jim. Absolutely. Thank you, Nancy C. All right. Up next, we have Judy K. followed by Donna G. Judy, go right ahead. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. This is Judy K. recovered in Cary, North Carolina. What a wonderful meeting. What a wonderful opening. <clears throat> and boy, does it hit home about the family. Um, it's going on three years since I've gotten my abstinence and found recovery um, with vision. And um, much as this paragraph, I've read it over and over again, much as this paragraph tells me, that I could spoil it for somebody else by by um, being overzealous about my program. It's very, very hard to um, control oneself when when there's somebody that you love that you really want to to help. Um, <clears throat> but this paragraph is really so important, and this fellowship is so important because listening to you all this morning. Oh wow, it just it just hits home. The whole thing hits home. Um nobody's program is the same. Nobody's disease is exactly the same, and yet we have so much in common, so much is similar. Um the things that I'm allergic to, someone else may not be allergic to. But suffice it to say, if someone has an allergy and they understand what it is to get that phenomenon of craving, to have that double whammy um, and if they understand how the 12 steps work, um, you've got the makings of a fellowship that can, where, where you can find your higher power, where when you're, you're not ready to listen, the messages come through. This is just amazing. I just wanted to put my two cents in today and say thank you, everybody, for being there. 
um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Judy Kay. All right, up next we have Donna G. And before you begin, Donna, let me just uh, let everybody know where we're at. If you just joined us on the meeting, we're in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. The chapter is called Working with Others. We're on page 90. We're reading the fourth paragraph that begins with, if he does not want to see you, and we're sharing on that one paragraph only today. Donna G, go right ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Donna G from Pennsylvania. Um, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm so um, grateful this was the reading today and that I was here to hear it. Um, and I shared this once before, maybe the last time we were at this point in the book, I don't know, or or the time before that. But um, I I just feel I just feel inclined to share it again. Um, so. My father um, died seven years ago, and when he started going downhill, he had um, Parkinson's. He um, had some dementia, and he started bringing home to my mother's, you know, to their house. He would bring home things that most of them were things he would buy at the store, like, and they were random, like pillows one day and a TV that they didn't need one day. And just he would bring things home. And my mother, because she was afraid, of what was happening would get upset with him. Plus he was spending a lot of money bringing home these random things that they often didn't need. And I was there one Saturday and he came in the door and he um, sat down at the table and he just very casually set down a big book (laughs) and a 12 and 12 an AA 12 and 12. Um, (laughs) And they were used, they weren't new. And my mother just started freaking out. She, you know, what is this? What are you doing? What are she got really upset. And, you know, I felt bad for my dad. And I didn't think of it as her being fearful at the time. I thought she was being mean. And so I was defending him. And I'm like, Mom, you know, chill out, wait, you know, and this is before I got recovered, right? And I, and I said, Oh, don't worry about it don't worry about it. I'll take them. And she's, what are we going to do with those? <laughs> she's really, really upset. And I said, I'll take them to my brothers who I believe had use for these books. Right. And I'll just send them on his porch. He's kind of mean and nasty at that time, my brother. And uh, I was scared and I didn't do it. You know, I, 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 that's, I wanted to save my dad, but I didn't do it. And, um, and, and, Years later, a couple, few years later, learned that a sister of mine was in a 12-step fellowship. And I said, hey, remember the book and the story? I said, I, you know, I want to give you those books. And then eventually she turned around and gave me the books. So I just, that story, and I hope I told it in a way that it really captures that story. My dad just casually put it on the table. And, you know, it, it, it landed back with me years later. And, um, and I needed it. And he, you know, there wasn't any, I mean, he had several children who could use those books, not taking anyone's inventory, including me. And he never, you know, it was almost like um, the casualness was, you know, we all just, where did he get this? What did he walk into a meeting? What happened? It'll always be a mystery. But it's one that I believe God had a part in. And it's one that I believe was meant for me. Um, a gift from my dad. Uh, And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Donna. Wonderful. So we're going to go ahead and take a list of names before we do. We do value everyone's experience on the line. 
We ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Uh, who would like to share on what was read today? Ken WH. Ken? Lauren N. Lauren? We're on page 90 of the big book, fourth paragraph, working with others is the chapter. It starts with, if he does not want to see you, sharing on that one paragraph only. Anyone else? All right, well, we'll do Ken W.H. followed by Lauren N. Good morning to you, Ken. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> Ken W.H., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Cary, North Carolina. Um, I'm just aware that this is I, I, this paragraph just seems to be all about humility for me. Um, I can't save anybody. I'm not the savior of the world. I wasn't elected for that. I wasn't chosen to do that. Um, and uh, there comes a time when I just simply need to uh, to be able to step back and step out of the way. Um, I don't need to prove anything to anybody. I don't even need to prove anything to myself anymore. Um, for a long time, I, I worried about not, uh, oh, not sponsoring anybody or um, that something was wrong with me because that wasn't happening. But that's this paragraph just tells me that's not the point. The point is, is that I'm, I'm trying to become as useful as possible to others. And sometimes the best way I can do that is to get out of the way, is to uh, just even allow for the possibility that maybe somebody else <laughs> has been chosen to be that person's sponsor or guide or um, the one who relates most closely. I don't know that. I don't know how to determine that, but I leave it into the uh, hands of my higher power to make those decisions. And sometimes his decision for me is to just simply step back and let it be, pray for the person um, who is ill and like I am, and um, hopefully uh, that person will one day uh, have the message become clear. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Ken. Up next, we have Lauren N., and then we'll take some more names. Hey, Lauren, good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, visionaries. Lauren N. from New York, compulsive overeater, sugar addict, recovered one day at a time. Thank God. I can so relate to all the, the shares this morning and our reading. Um, how many times over my lifetime was I told or requested or sent to, uh, told to lose weight, to stop eating, to put it down? So many times the, the um, frothy emotional appeal was made to me and I resented every single time someone said something. 
and that resentment caused me or didn't cause but but helped me to ignore my internal stuff and to make it about someone else instead of about me. I loved our first share story about how your family has to say or had to her mother had to say no and so that she could actually take responsibility for herself and that's where I finally got ten years ago, thank God, one day at a time have found my way to this recovery and because of that I live happy, joyous and free most days. Sometimes my disease kicks up, but majority of the days I'm able to let go and let God help me be a better person and be of service to others. And thank you all for teaching me how to do that and to live in gratitude all the time. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Lauren N. All right. We're on page 90 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the chapter Working with Others. We're reading the fourth paragraph that begins with, if he does not want to see you. Um, if you haven't shared and you want to, please go right ahead, press star one, and give me your name. Hi, Jackie A. from Connecticut. Thanks, Jackie. Sandy B. Was there a Kim in there? Yes, Kim A. Thanks. Thanks, Kim. And then I got you, Sandy B. Anyone else? Darian. Okay, sorry. Darian, go right ahead. And then there was somebody else. Who else? Jess? Was it Jess? Carrie J. Carrie J. And then there's somebody back there, Jess, or somebody in your car, it sounds like. Hmm. Okay. Well, if you unmute again, give me your name after this group. I have Jackie A, Kim A, Sandy B, Darian K, and Carrie G. Correct me if I'm wrong when we get to you. Um, Jackie A, go right ahead. Hi, everybody. Jackie, I got, um, there you go. Oh, can you hear me? Hi. Absolutely. Go Jackie right ahead. A. Thank you. This is Jackie A from Connecticut. Um, I started listening to a vision exactly a month ago on a on a Wednesday or Thursday morning, and um, I'm grateful to hear the last like I think it was like starting from '84, page '84 till now. And part of the reason, a huge reason, why I came into program was because I was going through a very difficult uh, romantic relationship. My ex partner and I worked together on different shifts um, per diem. He's full time. And uh, we became friends, hiked a lot, talked about health, and I'm an integrated care clinician. So health is like part of my moral code. And I said very early on in the relationship that I can't date somebody who's not taking care of themselves. And I was very hesitant to get into the relationship. And throughout the relationship, I started to gain weight, and I thought it was I was denying that it was complacency. I was denying that I wasn't portioning anymore. And I was um, denying that it was this this part of me that was sick. And I got very, very angry and triggered by the fact that my partner was lying about his food and, 
and sneaking food. And he came to a point throughout our relationship where he said, I'm not ready to admit it yet, but I'm a crippling food addict. And this was something family, friends knew, said to him gently. And, but I didn't say that gently. And I was very cruel, uh, incredibly cruel. And that's one of my character defects that I'm working on, admitted at the time of the relationship, at the time of the breakup. And uh, thankfully, he's in recovery for, for polysubstance use for eight years. And, and said to me, I really think you need to work a program. And I wasn't working an Al-Anon program. I was not working an OA program. And at the point that I broke up with him on Labor Day, I came to my first meeting, tested a local Canaan rep, and I said, I have to do this, and got a sponsor a couple days later. So even though I'm slow, I'm working actually all the steps at once, but I'm starting with step one because I listen to these meetings, and I go to two, three meetings a day. But I, I think the relationship that didn't have to be sour, and at the same time, I was in denial about life that it wasn't going to last from the start because two sick people were involved, and at the time, nobody was ready to get help. So going forward, I am focusing on my recovery first. I'm putting my principles of health first. And uh, I appreciate this line because when, when it comes time to sponsor, I have to be gentle. And I have to be also very discerning of like when a person, if, if, if is not ready, then don't try. Um, and don't try harder than them, I should say. Uh, so with that, I pass. And I'm so grateful to this program and to all the shares before me and after. So. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Kim A. from New York City. I'm not sure what happened to the moderator. We can't hear you, moderator, but I'm up next, so I'm just going to go ahead and oh, start Oh, thank you. I, I was <laughs> muted. Thanks. Go ahead, Kim. Thank you. Um, so... This is one of the chapters in the big book that is somewhat outdated because a lot of the methods that they used at the time to carry the message are not things that we would do today. But this idea keeps repeating itself that is really useful for us, which is that it's not up to us to decide what's right for another person, that it's not fair for us to push on someone else what may have worked for us or you know sometimes it's easy when we know the solution and it's worked so well for us sometimes it's easy to forget that it may not be someone else's time and not not everybody needs the 12 steps we know that there are different types of compulsive eaters and the 12 steps are for those of us who are chronic and no amount of human aid solutions are going to help us and the same is true for alcoholics, of course, or any other addicts. So, you know, there are times that, you know, we tend in our selfishness to think that we know what's right for everyone, and we kind of make ourselves the higher power, and we never are. So all we can do is just ask God for the next right thought or action, how to carry the message, how to specifically help somebody that perhaps we think might benefit from this program. We wait for the answer from our higher power. We show up and we're ready to just tell our story. That's all we have to do. And then just wait, which is really, really hard. Um, because I know for me, I tend to, you know, want things to happen immediately. 
Um, but all we could do is just show up and do our part. And if the person's not ready, the person's not ready. And if the person doesn't want this or doesn't need it, okay. You know, we did our part. We're responsible for the effort and we're not responsible for the outcome. And we, when we let God direct our lives and our thinking and our actions, right, which is our step three, then we know it's in every area of our lives, not just with food. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. And just one other thing I've heard is that it's not, it's not fair to take someone, try to take someone's bottom from them. Because if we're trying to maybe push somebody into recovery or a solution that, like, they, they're not ready for, they haven't hit their bottom, all we're doing is kind of um, trying to protect them without meaning to. I mean, we always mean well. But um, we need to just remember our place. And with that, I will Time pass. This is, thanks. This is Kim A. from New York City. Thanks. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks so much, Kim, and thanks for your help today. Um, and up next, we have Sandy B. followed by Darian K. Go right ahead, Sandy. Good morning. This is Sandy D., recovered in central Illinois, uh, by God's grace and mercy just for today. And, man, uh, claiming my seat because never force yourself upon him. I know um, coming to Vision for You four years ago as a new sponsor, I had so much enthusiasm and, yeah, I was all full of myself. But this morning, I didn't sleep well, had some anxiety, got up and read the chapter acceptance or the story acceptance was the answer. And lately, I've been saying the same line over and over, and I didn't even know where it came from. And I read it this morning, and I'd just like to read that to you. For years, I, was the, I thought the worst thing that could happen to me was for a nice guy like me that I would turn out to be an alcoholic. Today, I find it's the best thing that ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me. And I don't know what's good. If I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or anyone. So I'm better off if I don't give advice. Don't figure I know what's best and just accept life on life's terms as it is today. And that's the answer. Accept life on life's terms. Accept people for who they are. Stay out of criticism and judgment. Go forward, and I'm hearing that strong message this morning. Just pray, how can I be useful today? And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sandy D., as in delightful, from Illinois. And before we begin with Darian K., I just have an ask for everyone. Um, it's really great if you're sharing this morning or any time on the line, if you could put your name on our member list, and we'll talk about that in announcements after this first hour. That way people can contact you, so your name and number would be on there. Greatly appreciated. Um, so up next, we have Darian Kay, followed by Carrie J. Hi, Jen. Can you hear me okay? Yes, go right ahead. Oh, good, good. And I'm in, I'm in the area where I get to share. <laughs> As I'm driving, I won't, you won't lose me this time. Um, <clears throat> so I'm Darian Kay. I live in the Berkshires of Massachusetts, recovered for today. And 
very grateful to hear all the shares and oh it really tugged at my heart um you know because uh i know i know i know too well about this piece of um knowledge that um you know we can't we can't like like they say you can bring a horse to water but you can't make them drink right so you know my daughter um my little nikki <laughs> she'll always be my little nikki she's 30 years old now but she'll be my little nikki and you know, she told me the other day she went to uh, have her physical, and, you know, I asked her how it was, and she's like, oh, I lost, like, eight, you know, 50 pounds or something like that. I was 300-something, and now I'm 200-something, and I almost fell off my chair because, like I said, in my mind, she's my little Nikki, and um, I just never dreamed that um, that, that would be, you know, her path, although I understand, you know, she, she has mother that's a compulsive overeater so it's it's no surprise in that regard but still it was just shocking and I have been in program all of her life I came in three years before she was even born so um yeah I I just I just my heart sank and I just wanted to obviously help her in some way but all I said was just, you know, just try to eat healthy, Nikki. Try to, you know, because she's on some medicine that's helping her lose some weight. And I said, mm-hmm. just try to, try to, you know, change your eating habits. You know, but I really wanted to say, come to OA, you know it works. But I couldn't, you know, I can't, I can't. And she knows. She knows. I don't even have to say that. She has known me all her life in program. So she knows, she knows, you know, where she could come. But super duper hard because she's my daughter and I want her to be happy, healthy. And uh, it's, it's just really hard. So um, I step back um, and I, you know, tell her whenever I can that I'm proud of her and that I love her and that, you know, God, and I put her in God's hands. When I pray at night, I put her in God's hands uh, along with all the other members of, you know, my family and, and friends because I can't, I have no control, no control over them. People, places, and things, no control. Um, I only have um, myself and the things that I make a decision to do today. Listen to a meeting, weigh and measure my food, work my steps, um, you know, read my literature, do all the things that are going to keep me from picking up the food and being 300 pounds someday because but for the grace of God, oh, I. So thank you. I'll pass. Perfect timing. Thanks, Darian. Glad we got to hear you today. Up next is Carrie J. And then uh, we'll take one or two more people. Go right ahead, Carrie. Good morning. My name is Carrie J. I'm from the, from uh, Michigan. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Thank you. Uh, I'm grateful to be on this meeting this morning. I'm on the meeting a lot of mornings. I believe I've been coming to uh, Vision for You since 2013, off and on, and I've been pretty consistent for the last seven or eight months every day. And I think this may be the first time I shared on the recorded line. I'm uh, on step six now, uh, but I had a lapse, and uh, my sponsor, I do have a sponsor that I work with, and I just felt 
the urge today to share on the line and um, just to, uh, it's been such a spiritual, um, such spiritual sharing this morning that I've gotten a piece of information that's going to help me go further in this process. I hear um, people share on the line that, you know, you got to work this program like your hair is on fire. And for me, just for today, and, and let me put my disclaimer out there before I say it. I don't want everybody on the line worrying that I'm going to hurt myself. I'm not. I just feel like for me today, because I have such a long history with the food, you know, with the food, I can go back years and years in my life with this relationship with the food that I have to work this program as though I have a finger on the trigger. And that's because I have um, underlying health issues and I'm so, I just want to, I want to recover. You know, I don't even have to get deep and spooky. I want to recover from this disease. That's why I come to the meetings. I know it's possible. I listen to the shares, and I get something out of each and every share. I listen to the second half. I get answers to some of my questions. So, again, I just wanted to claim my seat this morning, and I am uh, registered on the um, website. I, I re, I'm open to calls. I'm going to do some reach outreach calls myself today because it is really do or die for me. And thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Carrie J. from Michigan. All right, so we still have some time on the clock, about 10 minutes. We do three-minute shares. You guys can do the math. I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> um, so we'll take a couple more names. Go right ahead. Hi, like this is share? Joe, say that again, Joe something. Joanne from New York. Joanne from New York. We'll get your last initial when you share, Joanne. Oh, and who else? Joanne G. Sorry. Okay, thanks. That's okay. Anita L. Anita, thanks. Anybody else? One more? All right, Joanne G. and then Anita L. Go right ahead. Go right ahead, Joanne. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Um, I started with Vision for You recently, and I'm just so grateful to each and every one of you because my recovery has taken on a whole new level and a higher level, and for the first time in my life, I have neutrality with food. But as I'm listening to everyone, I also have a Nikki. And Nikki, who's breaking my heart because she had gastric sleeve, and now she's going to have gastric bypass. And I so wish she would find a way, but I know I have to mind my business and just pray for her and let go and put her in God's hands. I also have a son who just became a father and made me the greatest gift on the world, a grandmother. But I watch him. The baby's just a month old, and he's so morbidly obese. And it breaks my heart every day. He lives in Florida, and I FaceTime him, and he always has his shirt off, and I see how heavy he is and all that fat on his heart, and it breaks my heart, too. I'm like, I have two morbidly obese adult children, and I know that, you know, I was never a good role model, 
but I know that I'm in recovery and they're seeing me now and they're seeing the change and they're noticing the change and they're noticing that mommy speaks a lot less now and listens a lot more and doesn't respond and react to everything and and is letting them live their life. So I know that this program is a miracle, what it's doing in my life, and I just know that I have to let go as much as it breaks my heart every day. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Joanne G. from New York. Up next, we have Anita L. Good morning to you, Anita. Go right ahead. Good morning, Jen. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I have several stories I could tell. Um, one, though, that, that came to mind right away is um, I have a niece who uh, is is large, and um, she's also about a foot taller than I am. So, it, uh, you know, so she has a big presence. And um, one day... I decided I was going to bring, when I went to visit her and her babies, uh, my literature, some literature. And I brought like a beginner's packet. And I brought the Brown Book, the Overeaters Anonymous Brown Book, that had stories thinking that she could relate in. And I was going to bring them in with me um, because she had just had a baby a few months earlier and was just weaning him off from breastfeeding. So um, I decided, I got to her house and I decided I was not going to bring the literature in with me, that I would wait and see what happens. And so that must have been my higher power working through me. And, um, you know, I was there for however long and I was just about to leave when she gave me my opening and she talked to me and said, you know, Anna Anita, I told you how I'm going to do this diet with a friend, with friends of mine, blah, blah, blah. But I couldn't stay on it. I just couldn't do it. And whatever else she said. And so to me, that was my opening. And so I said, well, you know, I go to Overeaters Anonymous and it's the same as AA. And you know that AA has worked for your brother and he's been sober for X amount of years, however long it was at that time, and that it works. And OA also works. And I brought some literature, which is in the car. And if you would like, I'd be happy to share it with you. You can read about other people's stories and how they were what happened to them and how their lives have changed because of working the 12 steps and going to meetings and hearing others having the same stories basically you know and she said well thanks anyway and and anita i don't really want that and so i said okay well if if you ever want you know they're here and I left it at that. And the next day I went to a meeting and shared that. And somebody came up after and said, Anita, never 12-step a family member. You're the last person they want to hear it from. And I learned that firsthand. And uh, unfortunately, she's still the same way. She has another son 
um, and maybe one day because um, I have a thin body now for a while, maybe I will be the program of attraction. And I know that that can work because my daughter asked me, so what is this OA thing about, Mom? Mm-hmm. And uh, and she went to a rehab. She asked to go to a rehab for anorexia and bulimia. And I'm grateful. Thank you. I pass. Have a great day. You too, Anita L. from Philly. Thanks so much. All right. We have a couple more minutes on the clock. We've heard 13 voices this morning. Yahoo! One solution. Many voices. Who would like to take us out with the last share today? Don't be shy. LSG in Wisconsin. Alice, good morning to you. Go right ahead, my friend. Good morning, Jen. Thank you for taking the meeting. Alice G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Wisconsin. Thank you, God. Um, Yeah, I just, beautiful shares today, just how we impact our family and, um, and not really seeing it when I'm in disease, you know, until I can put the food down and really see the impact I've had. And I remember when I was in disease, thinking, um, well, if my husband didn't have any snack food here, I'd be okay. And that is not true at all because today, because of the steps in this program, I have neutrality around the food. I mean, my husband has the stuff he wants to eat, and I am not affected by that today. Um, So I used to think like that. I mean, the blame game that we used to have, right, before program. And I remember, too, um, one time my husband, I had been binging and my husband had put my, my alcoholic food way back on the pantry shelf. And I was like, this is like an alcoholic with a spouse that hides their bottle. I mean, it's the same thing, how we impact our family, right? And, and so today I am just so grateful for the freedom I have in this program that um, I put my food on the scale, I put my food in the cup, and I have freedom around that. And I can be of service to my family today. And um, yeah, when it comes to giving this thing to others, um, we just lead by example, I think. Um, I had an incident with a daughter-in-law who watched me weigh and measure for several holidays. And finally, she said to me, so you do this to lower your cholesterol? And I got honest with her, and I said, actually, I do it because I have disordered eating. And I shared with her one-on-one about my eating disorder and how, because of this program, I have freedom around the food because I do what I do. And she didn't grasp on to OA, but she she changed her eating habits and, and looked at some things, and I just... I thought, what a beautiful testimony to the program that we get to share that with other people in our family. And, um, and again, just leading by example, not that I'm having to tell people what I'm doing or talk to them about their weight, because I don't know if they have an eating disorder unless they, they tell me that, you know, unless they share that with me. And 
I think was mentioned before, this is the only disease, this and alcoholism, where we have to diagnose ourselves. And I had to beat myself over the head for a really long time with those candy bars and cinnamon rolls before I was willing to hit my knees and put my hands in the air and say to a sponsor, I will do whatever you tell me to do today, you know. And um, so anyway, I'm super grateful to be here. Thank you again for all the people that serve, and I'll pass. Thanks, Alice, and thank you to everyone who shared and for all of you who also showed up to listen. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. Here's the share ID for today, Wednesday, October 13th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's 17,915. That's 17915. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Nancy C., could you please read a vision for you? Absolutely. Nancy C., recovered in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.